Before we start today's show, I just want to give a massive shout out to Acast for making this show happen. Thanks, Acast. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, you lovely humans. Welcome back to the PJ Podcast. Today on the show, we are talking money, a topic which makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Or comfortable, some people love it. Um, But it is certainly something which has come into the peripheral for a lot more people over the last few years. And that's because of people like my guest today, Sophie Hallwright. She's one half of The Curve, which is a platform here in New Zealand for women to learn more about money. Um, The idea is that it's a safe space to get investment savvy without the noise, without the confusion, without the judgment. And while Soph isn't what she'd call a financial expert she is in charge of creating the content for the brand so she's teamed up with uh, Vic Uh, they are a very powerful duo and Soph actually helps her make a lot of this content which would usually be quite dull and boring more more palatable and digestible so um, (laughs) while Soph is like oh my god don't ask me about all this stuff I'm not an expert I thought it'd be really cool to get her on talk about her journey she was previously in media had a bit of a eat pray love moment overseas Uh, we talk about that and then how she's come back to New Zealand and decided to empower a whole bunch of women so hope you enjoy the chat today get something out of it and uh, don't forget to subscribe rate review you you know what to do. Here's the episode. <laughs> Hello, Sophie. Oh my god, hi. It's so <laughs> nice to see your face. It's so nice to see your face. And what people probably don't know is that um, we actually have a bit of history. We actually go way back. And <laughs> I'm not just a fan of you on the curve. Uh, we actually went to broadcasting school together many, many years ago. Yeah. Do you know what my memory of you is? Paul? Oh, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so Polly was in the year above me at broadcasting school mm. and she had this special talent that she would whip out and it was oh. like <laughs> she this is would so, do. No, no. Wait, is this the talent that rhymes Fanny with? Fanny Buds. Oh, okay. She could make it sound like there was a whole army of men chasing oh her with guns. God. She would be crawling along the floor. And honestly, they were the loudest Fanny Buds. Oh, I my God. <laughs> this was meant to be a serious chat. We're supposed to be talking about finance today and really set the tone of sophistication, empowerment. And you're literally starting off with my party trick where I pull out, like, gun sound effects. Can you from my do dance. it? Yeah, I, I haven't tried in a while. <laughs> I wonder I, if like well, pregnancy is going to I know. your special talent. I'm too scared to try it pregnant. Yeah, no, I think we'll keep that for once <laughs> the baby's born. 
Anyway, we <laughs> went to broadcasting school together, and I know that you've been on a you've been on a bit of a self discovery um, mm. over the last few years. You've had a bit of traveling. You've worked in a bit of broadcasting. Um, talk us through how you ended up working with the Curve. It's such a weird, it's such a weird series of events because <laughs> I left broadcasting school and pretty much went into producing shows. So we worked yep. on like the Edge Breakfast, it was like my first job and then moved over to Australia. Um, Hamish and Andy's producer got me over no there. No big deal. And I wasn't working on Hamish and Andy, but he, he was the one that kind of like, you know, Helps. breadcrumbed me over. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, worked over there for like five years, went and worked on Survivor and Fiji of all places, which was like a wild and strange but amazing experience. But, yeah, have kind of like dabbled, I guess, in like radio, TV and online content producing. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when I was in Sydney, I lived there for like five years, worked at Sony Music and did like content for their artists so like online stuff um and music videos and that kind of thing and then I was just had this moment like this real epiphany I'd be doing a lot of yoga I know I know you had like a little spiritual awakening yeah so basically I got dumped (laughs) I got dumped in Sydney by someone honestly we weren't even together for that long maybe Mm. like six months but it was my first proper rejection where someone knew me and was like, nah, I'm not interested. And oh, I was just, so... I remember spewing into my hands at work. Like I was producing a breakfast show at the time. So granted, I was probably exhausted as well. But I just remember like, it was such a shit feeling mm. when someone knows you mm. and it's just like, yeah, no, actually, thanks, but no thanks. And so I went down this rabbit hole of <laughs> yoga and just doing anything that I could to feel a little bit less sad. Yes. And well, that's better I than just, just boozing up till 4 a.m. every weekend. Or were you still doing yeah, that too? I mean, there was a little bit of that. <laughs> it was a little bit of that. It's all balance. All about balance. Yeah, all about but, that. But yeah, I, I when I was working at Sony, I think it was the first year that I had not been waking up at 3.34 in the morning for yeah. you know radio shows. And all of a sudden I was just like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I'm working for a massive corporate. What am I going to do? Climb the ladder for 10 years, earn good money. I was like, I'm really not that fulfilled by the idea of it. So I bought like a one-way ticket to Mexico and bought all my own camera gear. And was just like, you know what? I'm just going to travel and find interesting people and film them and make random little mini docos. And I did like silent meditation retreats and all sorts of wacky shit. But it was like a trip of a lifetime. And then COVID kind of came along and I ended up back in New Zealand. Yeah. So like, so you had that massive awakening period and you were – Buddy, living off grid probably, doing yoga on beaches and then COVID hit and then was it a bit of a reality call and you're like, I need to get home. Yeah, so I was actually, I was living in Mexico at the time. So yeah. I got a job at a yoga meditation centre, which was borderline culty, if I'm being totally honest. Right. Like, hey, it's all about life experience. More, more white and like it was lots of open relationships. It was really amazing. I learned yeah. a lot. But my plan was to stay there for a while and kind of work on my sh- like when I say work on my shit I just was like I was very aware I'd sort of become very aware of my own internal dialogue and how detrimental it was Mm -hmm. to a lot of aspects of my life so I thought I'm gonna park up here for six months I'm just gonna do heaps of yoga heaps of meditation but COVID obviously I mean the whole school had to shut down because a lot of the students were from America yeah right I kind of didn't really have a choice I feel like working in media kind of sometimes brings about that rebellion a little bit when you're surrounded yeah. by big egos and it's all about like a real adrenaline kick. I sometimes think you're like, I just need to get away from this. And I suppose like a breakup would also help um, make that happen. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> like all of that combined, you're like, screw this. I just need to like yeah, be work out who I am. And so did you think you're right? Like Mm. the ego thing's massive, you know, like working, you would know from working on lots of radio shows, you know, you work with these like amazingly talented, awesome people, Mm. but also it's a lot of people management, you know, you're around huge personalities Mm -hmm. constantly. And there was something super refreshing, which I imagine you've probably found too, where 
you can just be and do whatever you want, irrespective of how someone else is going to respond or, you know, you're not living your life for entertainment anymore. It's kind of a different shift. Yes. But with that shift can be quite scary as well. Oh, but I was so attached to my job that my job was who I, who I was, you know, it was like, it defined me. I was Sophie, the producer, you know, like how lame. Yes. That's how I thought of myself as well. It wasn't even just external people. It was me too. Mm. I was like, well, who am I without this job or like what it represents? And so that was frightening. And I think it is for anyone that's always done a job. They're like, this is what I love. No, it becomes your identity. It fully does. And I'm like so big at the moment on creating a life, not just a living. I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, that's a really good tagline. (laughs) Like we get so caught up in what we do for a living that we actually forget how to live. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that what's been really good for me is going really extreme, like getting into a cult. (laughs) (laughs) And realizing that that balance balance is beautiful and you want to meet somewhere (laughs) in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But then also the other extreme of being married to your job also sucks. So it's like, okay, well, how can I take bits of both? So I'm not the sad sack that does nothing with their life and, you know, because I, I also get a kick out of achieving things and doing cool things. Yes, yes. And when you go down that kind of spiritual kind of pathway, you can start to feel a little bit lost because you're not really working towards something tangible sometimes and you kind of want to actually feel like you're achieving something. Yeah, well, I mean, you could spend your life in an ashram meditating for mm. 17 hours a day. And be blissed out. That's and, true. But I also think that's avoidance and that's kind mm. of what I realised was that I was – it was escapism opposed to, cause that's not living yes. in the real world, you know? And so coming back now, the real challenge for me is, okay, how do I bring aspects of living consciously and being present and enjoying life, not just trying to get somewhere all the time or finding the final destination, but then also building and working towards stuff from a career perspective. It's a real, it's a hard balance, but it's definitely something I'm trying to work on. So you came back from Mexico after being mm. this really cool, exotic. I was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yoga teacher. And you get home. Do you move in with mum and dad? So I was in lockdown. So I came home just before the hotel quarantine came in. Okay. And so I was in an apartment by myself. And the plan was just to do my two weeks and then be free, but it turned into the first lockdown. So right. I actually ended up being in an apartment by myself for like two months. Oh, that's hectic. Which sounds hectic, but when you've been traveling and you've been around so many different energies a lot, it was actually exactly what I needed mm. to kind of ground. So I did that. And then one thing kind of led to another, my friend Vic, who I do the curve with, yeah. so she works in um she's a fund manager like a portfolio manager yeah and she has been forever and we were in sydney together so this is before the find myself trip <laughs> and she is just the most clever 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 person and i would always be like to her thick i've saved five grand like what do i do with it you know like i had no idea in yeah. fact just to give you an idea of how bad i was with money remember when the earthquake happened in christchurch yes were you there still or was that? I was I was there for the original, uh, like the OG one at four oh, in the morning. Not the bad one. Yeah, but not for the February one. I was I just moved to Auckland. Yeah. Right. So when that happened, so you just left broadcasting school. So I was in my second year and I lost everything. My whole all my wardrobe, all my belongings were in do you remember that old brothel house that I lived in? It was on opposite the CTV building. I feel like some of your friends used to live in it. Wait, that wasn't but where we lived, was maybe it? Maybe no, not above on High Street above there. the cafe. Nah, uh, not that one. That was such a. It was a great place. place. <laughs> um, but anyway, so like I lost all my clothes, and I I was like, Dad, can I go to Melbourne and see my friend? Like I don't have uni, blah blah blah. And he gave me a credit card to get like essentials to buy yeah. my new wardrobe. And I spent. This is. It's actually so embarrassing. Hey, no, but it's. It this was, is. Uh, this is how you learn. It was like ten grand I mm. spent on clothing, and my dad was just like, "What is wrong with you? Like, insurance has not come through yet. Like, you. <laughs> this is just like completely absurd. Like, never trusted me again with anything. Um, but so it was so so bad. So when I was in Sydney, I was like, I finally saved some money. What do I do with it? And I remember being like, Do I like put it in a term deposit? Like thinking <laughs> I was real knowledgeable. Like, oh my god, a term deposit, clever stuff. And she was like, uh. and anyway, so it was kind of this thing where like me and all of my friends, when we got jobs where you were earning enough to pay more than like ba- 
baked beans. So you're yes. starting to save a little bit. Yes. We had no idea what to do with it. So all of us were calling Vic being like, that's amazing you had a friend like that. I mean, right, if I'd saved, it? I'd just spend it initially. I think the only reason I got into saving is because I got a really good tax return and I actually got like a decent <laughs> yes. amount. So I just thought, fantastic start. So this is a fantastic base to not, you know, spend on frivolous stuff. Yeah. And anyway, so like it kind of became a constant where everyone was calling back and even random started being like, can we sit down for a coffee and just like chat about money? And she was like, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> but all of us just knew nothing. We were so blind and had, I didn't even know what a stock was. And so anyway, because I'd done all this content, like mm. in terms of radio and, you know, filming and blah 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 I was like we talked about the idea of doing something together where she could teach and I could kind of turn it into content that was mm. somewhat understandable or hopefully a little bit interesting yeah because I think the problem with finance and well not the problem well traditionally you think of it numbers boring it's hard to digest it's not totally. sexy Nah, it's really boring and also scary. I think if you know nothing, you kind of don't bother because you're like, well, I don't even really know where to start here. So I'm just not going to bother. So what was Vic's um, experience? Like what was her sort of history with money that made her the go-to? She she studied finance and economics at uni. It was just random the way she landed into it. Yeah. Landed into it. That was terrible English. Um, <laughs> I got you. But she, so then she basically went into fund management and she was the only female in her job for every job she's ever had. I just mm. cannot imagine, even to this day, the only woman in her industry are in the admin team. She doesn't have anyone that does fund management or finance. Like, not one. It's insane. It's like that meme you posted the other day, something about Peter. There's yeah, more Peters than, oh, I need to find more, it. Yeah, please find it. I think it was like. Hang on. Oh. I'm just going to move my chair, chair back so I feel like it's squeaky. It was like there's more pe people called Peter. The um, underscore curve NZ. Uh, and the NZX50, there are more CEOs called Peter than there are women. <laughs> oh my Isn't God. that And Peter's a really ugly name. <laughs> wow, like, yeah. It's, I probably won't. a baby Peter? I've got a lovely cousin called Peter. Like, no right. disrespect to Pete's, but... But it's disturbing, and I just – it's really cool that there's been a shift in the approach, like, over the last few years, and there's so many more resources now popping up. And I know that you guys here in New Zealand are one of the biggest resources for, for women who are just trying to find some empowerment with their own finances. So you do podcast, yeah. you do you do, like, your own workshops and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So we do um, – we do – we have a podcast called Raising the Curve, which is all about exactly what you just said, is the idea that it shouldn't be a scary conversation. What we actually did with it, which I, I'm really glad we did, is we started recording from me knowing nothing. Yes. So the very first episodes, <laughs> if you go back to season one, are like, what are the asset classes? Which now almost seems funny because I am like, of course, I now know that. But mm. I do you know your face is like, yeah. Don't ask me, don't. <laughs> do you know any of them? Yeah. Like aggressive. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, the asset classes. Everyone like knows what. Yeah, everyone knows. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me. Sorry. Yeah, but like, this is the thing. I didn't know it either. And now I look at it and I think that's so easy. But I didn't at the start. And because we recorded from the very start. Yes. Um, people can go back and do the same thing so they don't have to hop in where we are now talking about a stock and why it's good. You can go back and be like, what is even as a stock? Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, asset curves. You have not listened. I have. have. <laughs> I, so I think people, you know, they get deterred and they get scared to even look into their own finances and maybe their own relationship with finance because they think they're too far gone i remember you know, feeling like that you know our friend ash and um australia australia mm -hmm. mate mm. she we did a little profile piece on her and one of the questions was like what's like a really hairy call you've had or like a, something bad you've done with your finances she ignored her tax for so long that she had to pay a six figure like over 100 grand in tax 
Isn't I, that? And, and it's that kind of thing. It's like, it's too scary. So yep. you ignore it and you yep. put it in this box under your bed and then you have a whole storage room of boxes yeah. and you're like, I am overwhelmed. Yeah. Now I don't know what to do. Well, that that's definitely one positive thing I've, <laughs> I've done with money over the last few years is like, I did used to put off bills and now one of, as soon as I get a bill, I make sure I pay it. Or else I just stress out. And and it does build. It builds so much more if you just push it to the side. I, I'm still doing that a little bit, to mm. be completely honest. Like I, I've had been chased recently by um, Baycorp for a parking fine. And I thought, <laughs> it was $12, so, like, sort it out. And what's Paid it got fine. to? Oh, I'd rather not disclose okay. it in a public forum. <laughs> what's um it must be a really satisfying role like empowering women and going to these workshops like what what's a an inspirational story that you've heard from someone that was like shite with finances (laughs) and they've turned their life around we get some really awesome messages in our DM. Yeah. And our DM, God, that sounds so good. <laughs> my DM. But, but like from, from young people to, you know, 45 plus six-year-olds, um, I got this one from a 40. She was like, hi, I'm 45. I listened to your podcast. I just wanted to let you know, like what you've taught me about my KiwiSavers not only helped me, but I've switched my, you know, stepdaughter into this fund and she's now getting this. And like, I figured out that, you know, in 40 years time when she's, you know, like 60 or whatever, yeah. she's going to have. And it was like, it was something crazy, like um, a million dollars in her retirement opposed to like 65,000 or something. And wow. it, it, and that's literally just from a small piece of education around like how you choose the right fund. And then you start contributing a certain amount each month uh, and you make sure that you're in the right risk tolerance for you. Um, that's where aggressive she, comes in. Yeah, because she was young she was like, I think she was 18, like it had just opened. Yeah. Obviously, she's not retiring for like no. 60 years. So she can be in as risky as possible. You're hardcore, man. I, I'm so Live life on the edge. financial advisor. And I feel like real anxious about talking about finances. <laughs> well, I said to you. I'm not the expert. <laughs> but, but, it's, but like, it's honestly, stuff like that is regular, which is epic. To think that people are yeah. sw- like making tiny changes. It's not like they're having to quit their day job and become a stockbroking investor 24 mm-hmm. 7. Lol, that's t- totally not even the terminology. <laughs> But hey, you know what I mean. We're like, not we're not pedantic on terminology on this show. It's fine. No, but I I'm still learning. I'm definitely I'm still a student, so I don't really feel in a position to share knowledge. But what I will say is that the more that I've learned, so like mm. the last probably year or so that I've been having these like podcast conversations with Vic and just like absorbing her knowledge is there's so many stupid um, like lingo within that industry. That sounds like I remember we did a um, we did an event at the Northern Club and my dad came, bless his heart, he was the only male there. <laughs> and um, I remember him asking a question in the Q&A and I was like, put your hand down, Michael, put your hand down. <laughs> and he was like, asked a question about ETFs. And at the time I remember being like classic wanky male asking a question with dumb lingo <laughs> just to make us all feel stupid. Like I was real mad about it. Yeah. Wait, what's an ETF? Out. Is that related to an NFT? So, um like I should laugh <laughs> that's totally not sorry <laughs> sorry no any ETF I'm trying like, yeah and and like this is I was you and ETF is not even complicated but it sounds like it it's yeah. literally just a you can invest in ETFs which are like it's the best way to think of it is like I like to think of a stock market as like a farmer's market, right? So yeah. all the different, all the stalls are different stocks that mm-hmm. are trying to sell to you, right? Mm. And if if the farmer's market is quite empty, you're probably going to get a cheap apple or right. a banana. But if there's heaps of people and heaps of people wanting the bananas, they're probably going to make them more expensive. Mm. So that's quite a good way to think about the stocks. You know, like the, the stall owner is like a business, and then you're buying parts of it, if that makes sense. So then with an ETF, it would be like buying the whole market, kind of. Actually, that's more like a sh- – sorry, that's actually a bad analogy. That's more like buying the whole stock market, which you can do. So did you know that? No. You can you- buy shares in the NZX50, which is like the New Zealand Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ. You can buy shares in like the whole thing, not just But don't you have to be lighted to do that? Um, no, it's just like you buy a tiny, tiny portion of it. 
So it's like a way of diversifying. This is something I do know, which hopefully won't confuse you. So diversifying your portfolio in terms of where you put your money is like not putting all your eggs in one basket, Of course, right? because then if if shit hits the fan, then you're screwed. But if it's... Like COVID, if you've invested yeah. in all travel companies, absolute yeah, yeah, disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with um, diversifying, so say you were to buy an ETF, an ETF is like a bundle of heaps of different companies. Oh, okay. So you're you're diversifying just by buying an ETF, you know? So it might be like 100 companies within the ETF and you're getting a tiny portion of that. Um, Uh But I just remember at the time when my dad asked that question and I was like, you're so embarrassing but, but it's actually easy. it was a really good question <laughs> and it's also real easy but like it just sounds scary yeah yeah and I like how you're breaking down that sort of intimidation that comes with the financial world even though I'm yeah. I'm I'm like still pretty rocky so I like to be honest I'm not really in the stocks I'm in crypto you you bought crypto? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> what did you buy? Oh, I've got someone to help me. Like I've got a bunch of different ones. And again, diversified. But I know that I probably should absolutely be. I used to have the, um, what was the app? Raise. You know the stock, no, stock market app? I think it was Acorns or Acorn in another country. And yeah, I probably need to have that. Um, anyway, it was kind of like a, a stock app thing this is like and did you so hold on so you've bought you've bought crypto what currencies are you in okay hang on (laughs) get your get your wallet out i want to know what you've invested in i've got uh... so i think this is also the thing sharing it because it shouldn't be this weird secret Mm -hmm. because then we all can decide if we want to invest in it too um eighth wait hang on what's that called again ethereum Ethereum. Hang on, is that what I've got? I don't even know what I've got. I can't even understand my app. I just look Can at I my Can I see it? Um, I've got the Delta app as an overview, but that's actually yeah. not my wallet. Have you ever used the Delta app? It's kind of like where it all sort of sits. Oh, I've seen my flatmate. Yeah, I've seen mm. that. But I don't have it. Maybe I should get it. So I'm obviously not a good example of – of a finance um, role model because I've kind of only just put money into crypto. But ideally, you'd be dabbling in stocks. You'd be... Yeah. Diversifying would be owning some crypto, Mm. owning some stocks. Mm. Maybe if you can afford property, you might be having bonds, which are like less risky. Um, Yeah, like I think it's just having... So when we spoke about asset classes, so there's like bonds, stocks, property cash so those are the four asset classes Mm -hmm. so you can diversify across asset classes across countries across industries and the more that you can diversify the better the more that your portfolio will be able to like weather when the stock market say you know say for example covid happened and you Mm. invested in new zealand and jetstar and all Mm -hmm. of that your whole portfolio would have been on the floor you know but if you'd invested in travel in the beauty industry in biotech in new zealand australia the states and abroad you know then then if one thing goes really not particularly well your whole portfolio doesn't crash it's kind of like balances each other out if that makes sense so is it a good idea that if you do something like an airline you do something to the opposite of that something domestic (laughs) idea (laughs) or just something that kind of balances it all out well like I guess so one of the ones I asked um Vic about recently was like PayPal because you know how buy now pay later has become this massive thing you know I guess the opposite to that would be would it be investing in like I don't, do you, I, I'm actually not sure because I think if you're investing in an industry, you generally believe in it and you think it's going to do well. Gotcha. So investing in the opposite is probably counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm you know, that. it would be like investing in Netflix and Sky. Yeah. And Sky is not a particularly, you know. Yes. I wouldn't say like it's not as though Sky TV is booming. taking off right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what's the easiest way for someone to go about like getting into actually stocks? Like, is there a website? Like, where do, where, where do you go? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon you would start with 
probably going to our Instagram is a good place to start. You mm-hmm. can just dabble. So it's the underscore curve NZ. Mm-hmm. And so on there, there's like little tidbits that you can learn. Like for example, Peter, there being more Peter on the, you know, NZX than woman, but also we share like little snippets of our podcast there. So you can kind of just watch it and dip your toes in. Yeah. And I think kind of being, you know, when you start following, I don't know, say you're getting married and you start following a million weddings. Yeah, right? yeah. Then you start becoming a pro over time. Well, you start like, yeah, it feels a little bit more natural because I think if you've never ever learned anything about like financial literacy or, you know, financial well-being or investing, um, it can feel a bit overwhelming but I also would say go to our podcast like start from the very beginning it's mm-hmm. it's basically just every episode is like a lesson um, but in a way that's kind of like fun and not so I mean I ask probably an annoying amount of questions uh, I but feel like I'm the you equivalent you totally in this conversation <laughs> and it must be a real like head jumble for you right now <laughs> Because you're like, hang on. I also don't feel like an expert. So I'm like, yeah, but you know more than me. So, like, come on. Yeah. I think the other day, some friends were talking about because I shared something on our Instagram and it was like, um, I couldn't go over to Sydney for a friend's 30th because I did the maths and I figured out how much it was going to cost. And I was like, I actually can't afford it. And I'm just going to be stressing about money the whole time. So I was like, just called it. I was like, I'm not going to go. And I shared it on Instagram. And the amount of people who messaged being like, oh, it's so nice to be given permission to not feel weak and embarrassing to say mm. you can't afford something. And I think it's more just like Instagram's a great tool to kind of open up the conversation that like we're not all good with money and it's totally fine. Well, that's um, that's an interesting thing that sort of comes up with this whole topic is the idea of shame. And that's probably why people don't actually open these conversations up because they've got such shame around their spending habits and it's like I'm a lost cause um but but actually talking about it and acknowledging it is probably a really healthy first step well it's Brene Brown stuff around shame like the more that you don't talk about it the more shameful you feel so for example if you have a hundred thousand dollar tax return yes you can't laugh about it and talk about it then it's gonna be you know this giant snowball that you're frightened of Mm. and I yeah and also I mean just I think the whole way society's structured around money like we use it to pay for literally everything like everything it's our currency to pay for anything is through money Mm. obviously cryptocurrency now but generally money (laughs) soon oh yeah okay oh do you know when they're gonna start having like crypto visas and stuff do you reckon that's gonna happen so we spoke to Janine, who's the head of Easy Crypto. One, a couple of our episodes on the podcast yeah. actually are about crypto. And she, the way she speaks about the future of crypto is quite inspiring. Like mm. after it, I was like, Victoria, let's invest in crypto right now. I was like, because if you think about it, transferring money internationally is so hard. Like yeah. it's like $50. That mm. cryptocurrency is universal. Mm. So it's so much easier. It's like moving with the times. I personally feel like, crypto is a great place to be and I'm stoked that I've got some money invested in crypto but people will still say it's very volatile because I guess the the future of it is still kind of unknown because we've never really like fully all jumped into it you know it's kind of why I reckon it's good because in a way if you I don't know me investing in crypto was exciting because I was like if I invest two thousand dollars in Bitcoin, Ethereum, and mm. what's that? Dogecoin. Oh, Dogecoin. It's not a good idea. But anyway, yeah. if I invest in that, like, and I lost all of that money, like, I don't have kids to pay for. I don't have a no. house I'm going to lose. Like, as much as it's risky and it would suck to lose that mm. money, I'd rather take the risk of that growing a lot because it, it doesn't mean too much to me. I wouldn't invest my whole savings in Bitcoin because no. that's just stupid. Yeah. Well, like... But if it's, yeah, if it's like a small amount, but I think it's just these conversations and then people can research themselves and Mm. make educated decisions because guys talk about this stuff all All the time. time. I know. (laughs) I I was in a flat of all boys before I moved here and they would constantly be discussing stocks and, and we went out for dinner and they were like, if you could go back and talk to your 17 year old self, what would you tell them? And they were all like, surely it's insider trading. Surely it's stocks that are going to do well. And I was like, Oh my God, I was going to say, tell myself to have more sex. (laughs) (laughs) When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> but even crypto and stuff, like it was a real guy's conversation. Like, why can't it be girls? Like, we need to change this. I know. I know. So I think I think really it just starts with learning and talking about yep. it. And yep. then and that thing that I said I shared about like, not being able to afford to go to Sydney for the weekend. I, I saw that and I was like, good house. on you, Sov. It felt quite scary to share. I was like, mm. this is vulnerable. Uh, like feel a bit sweaty even thinking about it for some reason. <laughs> and it shouldn't be weird. Yeah. But like I had this picnic the weekend after and a couple of my friends were like, thanks so much for sharing that. And they were like, I actually canceled my trip to Costa Rica or invested in shares after I saw that. And really? Like, and, and someone else was like, same, that hit home for me too. And I was like, oh, yes. it's awesome when you like share from a place of like, I don't know everything, yeah. but like we're all trying to help each other. And that's kind of the overarching approach of what we're doing is just like it shouldn't you shouldn't be like the rich get richer or the guys get richer no exactly what do you reckon are some of the most common mistakes that people do might make financially like that are actually quite easy fixes oh i mean i would I'd recommend to not be chased by baycorp for part of the <laughs> pay them bills yeah <laughs> yeah um, well, the biggest mistake that I've realized I've been making for 30 years is having my money in the bank. Um, because with inflation, mm-hmm. the purchasing power has gone down so much. So what you could maybe get for $30,000 five years ago is actually a lot less now. Yeah. Um, so having all my money sitting in there, not getting you're not not getting any kind of interest or return on it. I've literally just had all my savings in the bank for my whole life Same. up until recently and mm. that I think I'm realizing like oh yeah get it out of the bank but then but then what about some bank accounts where they give you like the yeah so like you're getting like one percent return or something which okay, is so that's like weak comparatively tea. yeah so I mean even if you're not in a particularly risky fund or a particularly risky stock you're getting way more than what you would in an interest in the bank yeah it's just like just yeah I, I think I think it's that yeah that would be a massive mistake leaving it in the bank. Um, okay, I've still well, got still quite a bit of, of doing mine. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's in there. I've still got mine in there now, and I've written this big plan. I've written my own budget for the next six months. I've written what I want to invest in and why, and I'm gonna like in the next week or so actually move it around because it took me. I had like a lot of savings in my Australian account from when I was over there, and I literally didn't transfer it back because I was like to Vic. Well, I just feel like the, you know, the, the New Zealand dollar at the moment, it's just, it's not very strong. And yeah. it was stronger five years ago. And she was like, honestly, so if like, let's get just, it back, <laughs> just get onto it. Like yeah. you're faffing around. Um, and also like waiting to invest at a time where like the market's low or um, for me, like waiting for the currency to get better. Like, it's just, you're, you're missing See, out on like the a stuff whole that, lot of yeah. potential returns. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you just have to go for it, even though it's scary. The best time is now. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, it's so easy, I think, to look at what happened, for example, with everything in Ukraine and the markets fell mm. so much because there was so much uncertainty. And if you had the mentality of, I'm not going to invest now because it could fall lower or I'm not going to invest now because yeah. it might get, you know, there, there's just like, the, the best thing that um, Vix taught me is investing regularly. So like yeah. putting some kind of automatic payment like you would for KiwiSaver, like you would for your savings account. But, you know, if you found a bunch of stocks that you're like, these are the ones that I like and these are the companies I want to support and these are the reasons why I think they're going to be long-lasting companies. Mm. 
then if you've done that research, you've already done all the legwork. So then just keep investing in those stocks. You can like do literally regular payments. But then like, you can you be too late to the party? So like obviously Tesla back in the day was, you know, going to be huge. And now it is. Is it too late now to go it's for that? Because so you, you often hear people have that kind of reluctance because it's like, maybe I've missed the boat. Well, so I, um, that's so funny because I looked at Tesla the other day <laughs> and I was looking at the price yeah. and I think in March this year it was like 650 and now it's like a thousand. I was yeah. like, damn it, that's $400 between, you know, and I didn't buy it because I was like, maybe it'll go down. But I know if I told Vic that she would be like slap on the wrist. Okay. Girl, like, you're so not that kind of, that mindset of missing the boat well, I think it depends. Like if you're wanting to invest in like, say for example, you look at Netflix yeah, and Netflix is booming. Like they're doing yeah. so, so well. Um, and we actually did a whole podcast on analyzing the stock. So it's quite a good one to listen to if you just want an example of a stock like analyzed and why and blah, blah, blah. But with, with Netflix, like they're eventually going to be doing games uh-huh. So like as much as they're, you know, they're killing it in terms of online content and like videos and videos, am I a boomer? <laughs> you know, like movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, like they're not stopping, they're still growing and they've still got these big plans to expand. So I think there's like kind of two ways to look at it. You could be like, okay, my investing approach is I just want to look for up and coming companies that could boom. Mm. So in that case, like maybe you're not looking at the Netflixes or the, you know, the big brands that are already doing well. Maybe you want to try and find that PayPal before it turns into being a crazy successful business. But yeah, it just depends. Like I think my investing approach is a bit of both because I still don't really back myself enough to do just up and coming ones so this like I might invest in something that's a little bit riskier but also I feel way safer investing my money in say like a Microsoft which has been around forever which is such a well-run company yeah where this you're still getting returns it's still growing Mm. but it's not like a crazy risky one Mm. um so it just totally depends like I think the investment strategy is a massive one like figuring out what is this a five-year goal is it a 20-year goal do you have to pay for a wedding in three years time and if so like probably don't invest in some crazy new drug that like (laughs) could absolutely (laughs) fail you know yeah yeah and so is it like a hub of um information for people like if they are Mm. like because obviously you think of oh maybe I've got like a geeky friend who's really up with the tech world like what's the next breaking thing but there must be some good resources out there that show like the up-and-coming stocks the risk level and all that kind of jazz yeah I don't think there's necessarily like um one website that has like a breakdown of all the stocks Mm. and like where they're going in the trajectory and blah 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 because it's actually all very um relative (laughs) Well, it's also like, you know, if someone's selling a stock, it's because they don't think it's like, probably they Mm. might not think it's going to be doing very well, whereas someone's buying it because they think it's going to do well. So it's all very subjective. Like it's, it's your own opinion on like your own research if you think it's going to be successful if that makes sense right so there's no universal right or wrong nah not at all it's like but but then yeah I don't know I I think um like the best advice that I've had and that I've been doing is like so I have invested quite a lot well, when I say I have, I'm about <laughs> to transfer it into a fund manager that I want to have my money with. But then I'm keeping about 30% of what I want to invest in stocks to do myself so that I can watch them go up, watch them go down, understand why and like learn that way. Because I think the moment you give all your money to a fund manager, you become disempowered. Well, it's kind of just like the hands-off approach where you're just as, you know, just as little as when you started. Mm. And I want to, I want to know why I'm investing in things and I'm really passionate about the environment. So I want to invest in, in like green, yeah, like actual companies that are doing amazing things to move the, the you know, the, the world planet in a positive, positive way. way yeah. But if your money's with like a fund manager, you can't be like, Hi, Janine. I was just wondering if you could please invest in this company I found. You know what I mean? So like, but that's also diversifying because you're putting your money with a fund manager, but then you're also doing a bunch of other things with it. So Um, a fund manager, do you pay like a fee per month or whatever? Like how does it work? Yeah. So they have fees. So you can look at the performance 
versus the fees because you want to be looking at like the after fees performance because someone might be like, we get a 15% return, but our fees are 7% or something. Yeah. There might be someone that's got a 1% fee, but they return, you know, 8% or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you essentially, if you can do it yourself, you're not giving a cut of your money to somebody else. So you can see how it can be appealing to, to take that manager route because then you can just put it in the hands of 100%. someone oh, else and, and you I don't do. have to stress over it. Definitely. And I definitely do. I'd like to think one day that I could manage it all myself, but at the moment I don't, I don't know enough and I would back a professional way more than me. When um, you, yeah. When you were talking about um, the importance of diverse, diverse, oh my God, I can't say it. Diversification. <laughs> Um, and your portfolio and you talk about, you know, stocks, crypto, house, property. Mm. What are your thoughts on the power of property now? Oh, my God. I just wish I could, like, dial a friend and get them back on the line. <laughs> um, like, I think, for me. Like, it obviously doesn't hold as much importance as it used to because it's just not as attainable in today's Society. Oh, did you hear that deep breath? Like, God, property stresses me it's, out. Yeah. I mean, Big I don't have, personally, I don't have enough for a deposit by myself. I think in New Zealand, it's very hard mm. to have a deposit for a house that's, you know, you need probably upwards of 200 grand, really, yeah. as a deposit. And that's a lot of savings. Mm -hmm. And then also, if I was, I mean, I don't have that much anyway. But if I did, then there's the servicing and blah, blah, blah. So, like, I don't have the option of buying property right now. But I also don't want my money sitting in a bank. Mm. So, I so I am choosing to invest my money in stocks and bonds and blah, blah, blah. Uh, to grow my deposit so that one day I can buy a home. Right. Um, so that and, still and is kind of like a long-term. Yeah, I'd love to own a home. But also it's, I mean, the the property market versus the, the stock exchange, like they're pretty um, comparable in terms of their returns. So, and in fact, I'm pretty sure Vic said that the, um, the stock exchange is fit, like you get, it's like, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, even though the housing market has grown so much mm. and there's so much profit to be made in property, um, it's it, like comparatively with the amount of money is the same in the stock market. So it's not also you're disadvantaged by not being able to buy a house. I mean, ideally, if you could buy property and shares, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, because if the housing market crashes and you've got money in your shares, well, then they still are holding value because that they those markets move differently. Mm-hmm. So what, what affects the housing market in New Zealand is very different to what affects the share market in New Zealand. Right. Obviously, there's crossover, but it's it's that diversification where assets move differently. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like the, the housing with the um, increase of interest, because you know how the Reserve Bank increased interest recently? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is yes, that oh, inflation? Oh, 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 the Reserve Bank. So it's basically to combat Am I making you inflation. feel smart, Soph? I, I, I reckon Vic is going to be so proud of me. I hope you done well. I think she's going to be so proud of me. I'm so <laughs> was not expecting this many finance questions. So like I hope I'm, got you on to talk about the curve. Yeah, but I just, I just, I don't know. I think I, maybe I thought I knew more than I did. <laughs> You've um, actually done really well. Thank you. Um... But yeah, I guess in terms of property, like, so because inflation's so high, which is obviously a problem, mm. um, they, a way to combat inflation is to increase interest rates, which is what's just happened. Uh, yeah. And that then Dark. affects the amount of people who can then get loans because the interest is higher. So property naturally takes a bit of a dip if interest rates are higher. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I think, um, again, it's like totally specific to your own um to your own situation. The other thing I think that people generally invest in property over shares is because it's like tangible. You know, you mm. can see a house, you can smell a house, you can sit in the house. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I own this house. And it feels with, real. Yeah. And so New Zealanders generally are obsessed with it. But if you look abroad, like our, our property market is crazy and quite an anomaly, but it's not to say buying shares isn't any less valuable. It's mm. just that you can't tangibly hold it and because mm -hmm. we don't really understand it. And a lot of us, it's scary. So it's like the way riskier option. But it's also societal pressures as well and that idea of the white picket fence dream and, you know, owning your own house. But, 
but is that as relevant as what it used to be, you know? Yeah, yeah, the white picket fence, God. <laughs> I mean, I I would like to think my general approach, I'm trying mm. to be less, like to buy less into that. Buy a house, get a fiancé, have mm. 17 children, get a dog. Sorry, you obviously would get a dog before you have 17 children. <laughs> well, maybe not. But like that to me is like what we've painted success as 100% you know and it's not just financially but it's also your personal life so it's Mm. like oh you're successful if you've got a partner you're successful Mm -hmm. as a woman if you've had kids blah 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 Mm -hmm. um and I think in the last few years I've really had to redefine what success means to me because it's not just to me, living a successful life is not just being financially stable. It's not just having a partner. It's actually being present in what you're doing. It's like enjoying the small things. It's having beautiful friendships. And like, I really don't like how we throw the idea of success no. around that that's all encompassing because it's not, it's financial success is what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think that, yeah, the house definitely feeds into that. We, we have these events where we get, there's like a couple of hundred people that will come and there's a topic each time. And property is always one that everyone's fascinated with. Um, and stock, like stocks or the share market or whatever is always something that everyone knows way less about. Mm. But it's so empowering to learn. Well, and probably and more relevant for people because it's actually attainable as totally. opposed to huge deposits. And I'm so in that category. Like I... I've just always thought of my brothers doing stocks and, you know, my my boy cousins. And I was like, I'm not um, skilled enough to have any idea about what's going on. But really now, like, I'm literally learning this as I'm talking to you. It's, yeah. It's a more attainable route if you have I, got like, a smaller amount of savings. The other thing is, Paul, like, you you know, with the DIY platforms, a lot, the reason I think that there was a barrier to entry for such a long time is because you generally need upwards of 10 grand to go right. into a fund manager, right? Yeah. So, so that's quite a lot of money, 10 grand to just lump into Milford or lump into Pi Funds or wherever you decide you want your money. Um, now that you have Stake, Sharesies, Hatch, all of these online platforms, the barrier to entry is like $50 or less. You can mm. invest in parts of shares. So if you wanted to buy Tesla, but you don't have $1,000 to buy a whole share, you can buy a quarter of a share or a sixth of a share. You know, it's it makes it so much more accessible. And I think that um, that in itself maybe is why we're now having these conversations because you don't need to invest your life savings. You could learn with literally $100. Yep and see what happens and and I think that there's this perception around like to invest whether it be property or stocks you you have to have upwards of 200 grand to but that's not the case and actually if you had 150 grand that you were going to put towards a house deposit Mm. and that was not invested to be growing what a goddamn shame you know like (laughs) what a goddamn shame I am so saving Dude, I had so much savings sitting in a bank for so long, and I'm just like, that could really. What made you? What made you do something about it? Um. Well, again, as I said, I still haven't gone into stocks. Um. I well, crypto. Like, I had a few people around me that were sort of um really encouraging that, and then then I knew someone who was really knowledgeable so I kind of just I was kind of like a fund manager I suppose well no I just let them you know advise me yeah (laughs) yeah well I like the hands-off approach (laughs) but maybe I'll be different with stocks and so yeah I just got to the point where I was like and and for so long because I never really got the whole house thing I was always like oh it's fine if I just rent and I did have you know, quite a lot of savings from working in Australia. And everyone was like, why have you not bought a house? I was like, well, down the track. And oh my God, I feel quite sick at like how much that would have just, yeah. It's almost like depreciated, eh? Yeah. It's like, it's like when I bought a car and it was pretty much brand new. And then the amount that that depreciated when I had to sell it a few years later, I felt disgusting. Oh, how much did you lose on that? Okay, so I paid about 22, 23 grand and I got like 10 grand. And you sold it like two years later. Yeah. 
Oh, nah. That I, is so To be fair, sad. like, I probably didn't give it the best sales pitch on, um, oh, what I did I sell did it on? Oh, it was so shit. I was just like, right, let's get rid of this bad boy. <laughs> and then, like, yeah. I just had all these people pestering me, and I really should have had someone to actually help me be a bit more, like, you know. Ballsy with the price. Yes, 100%, but I just but, wanted but to get also, rid of it. Th- that's an interesting one, though, like the idea of cars, because actually that's also kind of another asset. It's not an asset class, mm. but it's an investment. Like, if you were to buy an old-school car, like, so many of them are appreciating in value. My partner My- has an old-school car. Really? Yeah, and I'm like, how long do you hold on to that? Or do you get rid of it now? Well, I think there's a thing. He's probably made money on it. Oh, he definitely is, has. It's so cool. But, I would but then, love but then if you, But then, like, normal cars now, there's no point holding on to Well, I mean, it's not like they're going to appreciate much over the next few years. You know, a Peugeot might be really cool in 15 mm. years' time. Yeah, well, I suppose once everything goes electric, a petrol car will be so... So, like, apparently there's these cars. Oh, I'm not sure where in the world they're doing them, but they're taking old school cars like Land Rovers, cool ones, and mm. putting electric, like taking the engine out and making them electric. Wow. Can you imagine how cool that would be? Wow. Amazing, eh? But it's interesting, Paul, like, you know how you don't know what you would invest in IE stocks. Mm. Um, a really good place to start is to look at the stuff you're already interested in. Yeah. So say, say for example, it's clothes or say, for example, you care about health and well-being. Mm. you know, it might be face products, things that you use all the time. So um, like look at your, your daily routine, mm-hmm. whether it be you're using a certain skin brand all the time or you wear only Lululemon or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like you're actually, really targeting me. <laughs> you're like, sorry, I'm putting skin. you in a hole of health and wellness. Are you hole. looking at like the back of my house? Trying to I know, I'm like trying like, to see stuff. Sweeping generalizations. Like, yeah, Just because I've got a plant doesn't mean I wear Lulu every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. I wouldn't judge you if you did. <laughs> but my point is like um, you actually are already researching those companies because you're choosing to use them. Mm-hmm. So you know, for example, like I don't know if you've tried those Align pants from Lululemon, but they're yes. basically like. They're amazing for pregnancy. Yeah. Amazing. I just swear by them. And I've had them for years. And they, if I go in and they break, they always replace them. Yeah. Like as a brand, I'm like rate them. Yes. And I don't feel like it's this random drug being made by Pfizer that has long words that I don't understand. You know, like <laughs> you it, actually, like, I actually, I understand the product. Yes. You know, I understand the product. So, and I trust in it myself. So like, that's a really good place to start in terms of like investing is quite scary as is. Don't mm. go in if you know nothing about pharmaceuticals mm. or tech. Maybe investing in like a startup app is not for you because yes. you won't even understand what they're doing. I like you know? the idea that it's a reflection of who you are as a person. Kind of makes it a little bit more meaningful. Like. Yeah, 100%. Like for me, I'm like very passionate about the environment and I try to not eat meat because I don't want to make a footprint, you know? And so for me, looking at companies that are being super innovative Mm. and coming up with new practices and technologies to, um, whether it be clean energy or whatever. I bet you've invested in beyond meat, haven't you? And I actually, I actually haven't. I thought you would. Because I don't like the fake meat. No, 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 no. That's kind of what I mean. Like Mm. I don't rate fake meat. No, neither do I. So I won't invest in that, but, but other stuff that I do, I would like. Yes. Um, for example, Tesla. Like I like the idea of electric cars. I think they're so clever. Mm. But maybe there's a cool new v- version of Tesla that actually is a really epic car that looks cooler and like because Teslas can be quite masculine, you know. Mm. Maybe there's some feminine-looking electric cars that you're like epic. I understand what they do. I, I know that this is a huge industry that's on the rise. In mm. five, ten years' time, petrol is probably going to be illegal. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that's maybe insane, that's a good investment. Though. Is it but, um, a good idea to find, like, an investment buddy? Find someone yes. to, like, motivate you? Yes. Because otherwise but the we, whole process can be really daunting. And boring. Like, I think it's great. I also reckon it's quite fun to have a fund where maybe, like, you know, you you and five of your friends all put money into. Say yeah. it's like, I don't know, a hundred dollars a month or it might be twenty dollars a month, whatever you can afford. Mm. And then collectively together discuss what stocks you want to invest in. Like it mm. could be a fun fund that you guys all do together, like a little kitty. Because it's quite a cool way to learn. Yes. Um 
I mean, the dream would be for us to have a curve fund that people could invest in and then we could all talk about what we're investing in and why. Do and it. Yeah, I mean, that's the dream, really. <laughs> Do you have, like, group chats all about stocks? I don't. But we've got a Facebook group, like a private Facebook group. Everyone bought our masterclass. We've got, like, a... It's called the Foundations of Investing, and it's basically takes someone from like a poly, yeah, <laughs> a poly to a side. Hey. Oh, I and, and, think, and everyone in that like chats about stuff. So, yeah, New yeah, Zealand yeah. recently did this huge raise. I don't know. If oh you heard about yes, it, but it was like yes, I remember this. The biggest one that that's ever been done in New Zealand mm. history, and heaps of people were talking about it on there. And I was like, this is cool. Like, mm. this feels you're generating like, a buzz. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love what you're doing. So I'm proud of you. And I'm, yeah, it's really cool to see you bringing that zen into your daily life, not selling your soul. You're obviously really passionate about what you're doing and, and you're helping out a lot of people along the way. Yeah, I hope so. I think like what I'm, what I need to probably do more of like I, if you listen to our podcast you'll know that I'm like very um I think we're quite similar in this way like quite what's the word when you make fun of yourself self-deprecating thank you mm-hmm. uh and like not afraid I knew to you were gonna questions. say that <laughs> no but but that is what actually will lure people in because as we have said there is so much shame and embarrassment around the lack of knowledge that we have and the only way to learn more is to open up that dialogue and show the imperfection is, you know, I think that's a natural part of the learning process. You don't learn being perfect. Yeah. And I guess that's me on something. my main thing I would say is like, I really, uh, yeah, like I really hope that it doesn't sound like I've got my shit together because I absolutely don't. No. Um, I, mean, but- I mean, yes, it does. I just said no really quick. No, I do not get a sense of arrogance from you. You've been very... You know, but I guess it's more just like I do feel empowered. Yeah, that I can even have this conversation. Yeah. like I still have so much to learn. But what I like is that now, if my friend shows me there, whatever that Dell trap is, I know that red means they've lost money. Or I hear someone talking about something, and I'm not just like boring, ignore. Yeah, because I I feel like you I'll lean in instead engaging. of tapping out. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and I. Yeah, so I think I hope that if if someone's listened to this and they like maybe have just been like too frightened to even think about it or or look at it, trust me, you couldn't have been more frightened than I was at the start. So like <laughs> if I can learn, anybody can learn. <laughs> so your recommendation would be yeah, if you're in that position, uh, check out the first episode of Raising the Curve. Yeah, start from the beginning. Yeah. Listen to Raising the Curve. Um, follow our Instagram, um, the Curve NZ. I think it's the underscore Curve NZ. Um, and we will have a couple of intakes for our masterclass later this year. So if you're like, okay, I feel like I'm at a place where I want to really learn more. Um, we've filmed a whole lot of like really beautiful videos and like worksheets and you know, like ways to learn that's not super boring. Vic's wearing quite cool clothes. <laughs> you guys like, always look so cool in your photo shows. Can I just say that? Yes. Oh my god, you thank exude you so classy, much. chic, sophistication. Oh, you should see my daily outfit today. It's like fraud. <laughs> it's actually false advertising. I need to be Yeah, because then I saw in one of your stories today you like rock and crop. So I was like, oh yeah, that's a little different from the nah, but yeah, yeah, it's a bit off brand from the no, 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 still works, still works. Um, oh, so you're a legend. Thank you so much for jumping on and hey, sharing time, your vulnerability, shedding light on uh, something which is really important, and um, keep up the good work. Hey, thanks so much. And let Me me know too. what you invest in. Yes, 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 yes. I'll send you a screenshot of my. Okay, portfolio. cool. Cool, cool. And I'll work out how to work out exactly what Can I've got in crypto. Can you send me a screenshot of your crypto ones? Yeah, I want to know what's in your crypto I might have some really, really kooky ones, though. Yeah, I'd be keen to know. I probably, like, I, I've only invested in the big ones, but I feel like um, I'd be interested to know if you invested in the dog coin one. No, I didn't. I never got that. Yeah, but not, okay. because, not, not, not deliberately not. I just, I just didn't end up doing it. Oh, there is one thing that we haven't brought up, which has been a hot topic over the last few months, and I know it's quite divisive, but um, NFTs, do we need to go there? Do we, yes. do we, or is that, a, is that a Vic needs to lead that one? 
Look, I'll be totally <laughs> honest with you. It's not one that I feel particularly competent in. Like, I understand the basics, but I reckon the yep. best thing would be if you are interested in NFTs, we've got an episode on the podcast. I think it's called, like, New Kids on the Blockchain. Oh, nice. Was that your job. little, was that your pun, gem? Yeah, like I must say it was controversial. That Vic is like a real <laughs> fan of the mum jokes. So I had to like let her have that one. Okay, so if anyone wants to dive into that a little bit more and um, be able to rock some info when they're out at a party, but NFTs to sound like they're all across it, uh, go check that episode out. What was it? New kids on the blockchain. Don't message us saying it was a lame name. Not <laughs> uh, so Raising the Curve is the podcast and uh, the website, thecurve.co.nz. Perfect. And I must say it took us a long time to make, so please go look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me and um, keep up the good work. Thanks, Paul. That was my chat with Sophie Hallwright, of course, one half of The Curve. If you got something out of that or you're like, oh my God, I want to get my finances together. I just I just want to know a little bit more. Um, I have chucked the website for The Curve in my podcast notes, wherever you get your potty. So go look in that bio. You can uh, link through there. But wherever you do sit on that spectrum of financial confidence, it's okay. And I think... You know, that is a main theme coming through with the curve. It's it's about opening up and talking about where you're not good. It's not all about bragging about how good you are. Because I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in the past being kind of intimidated by these financial platforms because I was like, I'm, I'm so shit. But that's the first step. So, yeah, if you aren't feeling entirely empowered, I do recommend you go and um, check out the girls and see what workshops and and learnings they have going on. But I do hope you got something out of this week's episode. And I will see you next week for another one. Have a good rest of your week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.